0: You're listening to the weekly podcast from Bridgeway Church in Greenville, South Carolina, where we help people walk in friendship with God. Numbers 13, the Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Uh, The verse I read earlier in Proverbs, when you have your own plans, it never works. Holy Spirit, I ask that you put every word of you in my mouth and not one that's not The story of your life was written before you were born. The reason that people run into so many roadblocks is not just because of warfare, but when you put your hand towards something that God has not ordained to already be handed to you by him, you run into closed doors all the time. The question of your life is not what's the plan in your heart. It's, Father, what is it that you have for me to do? There's 12 leaders. So these aren't just people. There are 12 high-level leaders in Israel God tells Moses, send them out to explore the promised land. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him to do. John 2, 5, Jesus is in Cana. He looks at the men that were getting ready to pour water in those big vats, and he says, do whatever he tells you to do. In the kingdom, you will only have success if you are being obedient to the commands in which he's given you. The reason more people don't have breakthrough in our lives is not because God's grace is not real. Even in the new covenant, if you put your hands to something he's not commanded you to do and you spin it as spiritual, it's no different than making the earrings like Aaron did when Aaron did what God told him not to do. I'm not here to like, I'm not processing with God. I'm here to respond to God. Jesus even says in the new covenant, you are my friends if you do what I command. Same word there. So here we go. He sends out 12 men. Here are the men, Shemua, Shaphat, Caleb, Egal, Hosea. Hang on to that name, Hosea, because he's about to have his name changed to Joshua. Before God does anything great in your life, in the spirit, he'll always change your name. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he'll change your name. Saul, I'm going to show you how much you must suffer for me. You're going to spread my message into all the world. Your name is now Paul. Some of you need to ask God, what is the name that he's changing you into? Because what he'll do is he'll look at you as a coward in your eyes. Your perspective is your Gideon. He already sees you as a valiant warrior. Some of you need a name change in the spirit. Palti, Gadiel, Gadai, Amiel, Sether, Nathbi, and Ghul. So here these men take off. These are the names the men Moses sent out to explore the land. Moses called Hosea son of Nun by the name of Joshua. Your assignment. Almost every single time will not just come from God, it will be whoever God has ordained to lead you. God did not name Joshua from the sky. He named him through Moses. If you cannot submit to your ordained leader on the earth, how in the world do you ever think you're going to submit to God? The perverted message of grace is I don't submit to anyone other than God. You obviously do not read the Bible. Many of you will never step into your destiny because you cannot submit to your Paul. Timothy's destiny came through Paul. Joshua's destiny came through Moses. Moses named Joshua changed his name. So here we go. Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country, see what the land is like, and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls? Are they unprotected like open camps? You see, God will point you towards your destiny and not give you details. Moses needed details. He didn't need to know where to go. He just needed details of the promised land. God will tell you your promised land and intentionally not give you details. Because if he gives you details, it takes no faith to walk it out. And where there is no faith, you can't bond with God. So Moses knows where he's going, but he still has to send these men out because he has to know his strategy. God loves to give you the big picture, and then you have to walk out the small picture day by day by day. This is the whole idea of manna. This is the whole idea of the cloud and the fire. You see, if God lands everything to clarity in your face and in your mouth and in your heart, then really you can lean on your own understanding and you don't need God. So what he'll do is he'll help you out by giving you big picture and then the small picture always, always, always manifest as you walk. Your promised land will become visible as you walk. I'm preaching pretty good right now. I feel it. Is the soil fertile, poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. That man wanted to eat. Moses, my kind of man, he said, bring some grapes back. So they went up, explored the land from the wilderness of Zen as far as Rehob and all these places I can't pronounce. They come back. They come back, and this is where, this is the wheat and chaff idea that Jesus talks about. This is um, it's interesting to me because the report's very different. After exploring the land for 40 days, 40 by the way, not three minutes, We want to soak with Abba for four minutes and get our destiny. You you might need a 40-day journey. Jesus had to go through a desert to reach his destiny. Hyper Grace says that there will be no desert for you. You do not read your Bible. You fellowship with God in your sufferings. It's very difficult to walk through a desert. It's in the desert where you find God. It says in the New Testament, New Covenant, that the kingdom of God is entered through many tribulations, many trials. James, in the New Covenant, says, hey, be at peace. Be excited when trials come because you're being formed into the image of Jesus. It took them 40 days. So here it happens to Moses and Aaron, the whole community of Israel Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We, praise God for a breeze that I even have to do this. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country, God. A land with milk and honey, and here's the kind of fruit it produces. But, but, you know, your butts can get in the way. God gave us a butt to sit on, not to use it as an excuse. But the people living there are powerful, oh God. Their towns are large. They're fortified. We even saw giants there, God. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan Valley. But here comes another but. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses, and he says this, let's go at once to take the land. I was at the beach. I took a walk with the Father. This is about halfway through our first stint of sabbatical. I took a walk with him and I heard him say, what do you want? And I yelled out by myself, I want the spirit of Joshua and Caleb in me. I don't know where it came from. I hadn't been reading this story. I just yelled it out. I want the spirit of Joshua and Caleb. Twelve leaders. God's already promised to give them the promised land. He's already delivered them from Egypt. They've already seen so much. They've already seen miracles. They've seen his hand at work. They've seen him do so many things and they still could not believe. This passage is about perspective. It goes on to say we're like grasshoppers, but it says in the text, in the Hebraic text, it says in our eyes, in our eyes. So the question is, what perspective do I have? I know for me, and this is where I'm headed, God's shown me what the promised land I'm supposed to lead my family into what the Bridgeway Network is supposed to to be. And so here's what will happen. The enemy will do anything he can to try to convince you that what you see coming against you, I mean, this could be 20, 30 years, is bigger than the promise that God holds in his hand. You have an opportunity to use God's perspective on whatever you're going through or your perspective. Paul would say it this way, lift your eyes and heart up. Graham Cook says it this way, it's possible to get to such a place in Christ where you view the natural realm through the lens of heaven, but it's all based on your perspective. You're, you're going to have a challenge. It's going to be hard. If God's given you a promise, wouldn't you rather be a person filled like Joshua and Caleb, and even if the promised land never manifested, you refuse to give in to the fear coming against you in the natural? That's why Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Here's the challenge for whatever you're going through in life, especially even in this pandemic, Um, Even in this church, there's many different views. There's a passage in Romans chapter 15 that says, be patient with the weaker ones in the faith. I've actually seen more arrogance on people full of faith and not afraid of this pandemic than people who are afraid of it. You know, God's calling us even towards unity on this thing to where we need to be humble. There are certain people that actually need the Joshua and Caleb's not to browbeat them with your theology and how weak they are and whatever they're not believing for. Instead, gently bring them along into a promised land. What the devil would love to do is even cause disunity in this church. So if you do have a spirit like a Joshua and Caleb, you, you can accidentally slip into such a place of arrogance that you don't realize that some people even in this church are not at a place of faith you are. And so instead of choosing the low road of humility to bring them to where you are in this, we tend to even let the devil divide us on this. Remember when Paul was preaching in Acts and it says he perceived that someone, and had the faith to be healed. We're not at all the same place of faith. This church needs to choose unity, guys. This church. I'm not talking to a podcast, someone listening to me in Poland. This church. I mean, even, even a thing like a mask, we're letting the enemy create such division even inside the church. There are certain people that have a spirit of Joshua and Caleb, and there's certain people that says, I don't know how we're going to make it. The whole point of the thing is what will happen is grace will hit people with faith, and they will lead the others, the others inside the family, into a promised land. The question is this, what perspective do I have, honestly? I, I, I laugh sometimes because when, when young people come to me and they, they give me the promise over their lives that God has shown them, what they don't know is there's going to be a thousand things that happens that makes that word look like it's not true. And you got to get to a place where, you know what Caleb was like? Caleb honestly saw the Nephilim as a snack. He did. Someone had a dream of me the other night, and snakes were trying to hurt a bunch of people around me that I loved, and we killed the snakes, and I wanted to eat the snakes for breakfast. You know, some of you honestly need to get to a place in your life where you send the devil for the first time in your life that he needs counseling, not you. And you say, well, that God just ordained you, brother, to be a man of Caleb. No, he didn't. No. My name was not Caleb and Joshua back in the day. I was scared. I was depressed. I was anxious. I feared death and I scared the death of the devil. A lot of charismatics pray, Father, just drive the enemy out of here. How about this? Let the enemy stay here. We'll chop his head off with the word and move forward. You got to get to a place where you develop some sort of Caleb in you. You know what I love? If you read this passage, Caleb is the one that speaks up first. There was something in Joshua in leadership that Caleb needed to lead him, but Caleb was actually, I can prove through the scriptures, he was even more courageous than Joshua. He wasn't picked to lead. You know what God will many times do? He will just pick a You remember uh, Braveheart, uh, some of these movies? It's, it's not the, the person leading that's driving with this courage. It's the person, it's the person beside the person leading. You see, you don't need the title of leader to be the most courageous one. God told Joshua, I think, like six, seven times, do not fear throughout his career. When Caleb got to the end, he still wanted to fight to the end. Some of you, honestly, you just need to have a prayer that says this. I don't know how this is going to work, God. I want the spirit of Caleb. How do you get from where you're scared to death of a slave girl like Simon Peter to where you're now speaking before the Sanhedrin in boldness? How do you go from failure to boldness? How do you go from being afraid of Jezebel to now eating Jezebel as a snack? I tell you this, you get baptized in the Holy Ghost fire and you die to yourself and you quit trying to turn this whole walk into just a a mathematical equation of what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong and where am I missing it. There's got to be a sense of Caleb to where it's like, listen, I'm going to eat Goliath as a snack. I love this about David. David runs to the battle, hits him with a rock, cuts his head off with a sword. That level of courage is available to you. It was about 15 years ago, that I just decided I'm going all in. I go up to Morningstar Church. There was a man I'd never heard of. I didn't know who he was. His name was Bill Johnson. He was preaching to about 3,000 people in Morningstar Church, and he preached on courage. In the middle of his sermon, towards the middle end, I went down and stood in front of the altar. He kept preaching. I went to the altar before he could give an altar call. And his altar call was this, if you want the courage of David to come forward. I didn't have to come forward because I stood there for 10 minutes while he preached. And I say, God, I want this level of courage and I'm out. There's nothing that will stand in my way. You cannot learn yourself into courage. You have to abandon yourself into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can take you. I'm talking about fire baptized Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about just studying Holy Spirit and arguing theologically. I'm talking about getting so baptized in the Holy Spirit that he takes you from scared to warrior. He takes you from doubter to faith. He, ta- he takes you from fetal position to eating the enemy as a snack. And I, this is what Bridgeway is called to. It is. Bridgeway is called to continue what's been on this property for so long. We don't study about Jesus. We don't study about the Father. We want to know them. And Paul says the, ma- the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. Um, y'all know me. I'm not looking for emotional moments. There's no music playing. And I don't want you to literally stand up unless you literally are being led by the Holy Spirit to receive this. If you want a spirit of Caleb on you to where your boldness and your courage matches him, just stand up. I want you to raise your hand straight to heaven. Please don't stand up unless this is a real thing. Because what will happen is if you really want this, then here come the Nephilim and you better be ready to eat those things like snacks in the second round. If you ask for the courage of Caleb and then you don't want a war, then you need to sit down, honestly. In the name of Jesus. TJ, come on up here while I speak this blessing. There you are. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our King, who sent that cloud the first 30 minutes of worship to cool us off, the only cloud I could find in the whole sky, I bless you with the spirit of uh, Caleb and Joshua. May you never run from another battle that shows up in your life, but may you have the, the tenacity to eat the enemy like a snack with your boldness and your intimacy with Abba. May you never back down from the devil again the rest of your literal life. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. That's a good word. Go ahead, give it a clap. Thank you, Pastor Chad. That was awesome. So uh, I have, uh, the elders met this Thursday evening, and uh, we actually walked around this property and prayed over this entire property, the entire building, the entire grounds around here for the protection of the Lord. We believe it. We stand together, unified in the protection of the Lord over this property, over Bridgeway, over you and your families. And so I'm going to give you some uh, information about uh, next week's service because we're going to transition inside um, into the sanctuary next week. We are going to um, situate the sanctuary in a way of attempting to do social distancing six feet apart. And we're going to be working this week to build that into place. So here's some guidelines. Everyone will wear a mask into the building once you get to your seats, uh, you can take your mask off. If you don't have a mask, one will be provided to you upon entry. We will take everyone's temperature at the door. Uh, if you have a temperature of hundred point four or above, uh, we're gonna—you're not going to be admitted into the sanctuary, um, and we're actually going to ask you to get tested because you should. Everybody. Uh, we're going to have a 90 minute service. There will be no children's ministry. So all the children will be with us with us in the family's type service. We will clean thoroughly clean the church before the service this weekend. The, we have a cleaning crew that will come in and clean it, um, very thoroughly. The bathrooms will be at half capacity. Um, and last the last note, which will actually be the first note. Um, If you have a fever, are feeling sick, or have recently been tested for COVID or have been in contact with anyone who has COVID, please stay home and join us for the service online. We will continue to stream our services online for everybody. So um, I'm just going to use my wife as an example. So sometimes the sanctuary is a little cold. Somebody, Somebody say amen. Amen. So she said, you know what? I love my Bridgeway family. So I'm coming to church because I love my family. But if it's a little cold, I could see myself taking my same chair that I have right now, taking my phone out and sitting on the lawn right here and watching the service right from the lawn. That's an example of what could happen. And so um, I just tell you that up front. Um, I think that, so l- let me just say this, cause I know, okay, a whole bunch of information that just came out, I didn't write it down. I wasn't taking notes. We are going to send an email out that's going to have all this information on it so that you can read it. We are also going to our awesome Brittany Banks and Jessica Longshore are going to create their uh, Bridgeway News video for this week, and it's going to have a large portion of that in there. And they're going to actually do a walkthrough. So what it looks like on Sunday when you come to the church. So I recommend that you get um, that you take a look at that video before you come. It's going to be, it'll it'll take away any kind of questions that you have. But if you have questions or concerns this morning, I will be up here up front. Uh, and If you'd like to come and talk to me, I'd be glad to do that. So let's stand together in unity. Father, we love you and we know that you love us. You love us so much that you gave your son as a gift to us to forgive us of our sins, to wash us clean, and to help us to walk in a journey with you that is awesome. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit in us that we can, that we can walk boldly into this life, Lord, completely submitted to you. Is completely walking with you, Lord, in the way that you want us to do. You showed us that this morning in our worship service. So there's a plan, the plan goes away because the Holy Spirit has the real plan. And so we follow your plan, Lord. And we ask that we take what we, ha- what we got this morning and we ask that we apply it to our lives as we walk this out this week until we meet again together with each other, Lord. And we're thankful for everything that you've given us. We ask that you continue to bless the families here, show them your favor, Lord. And we ask that everything that we do will glorify and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. To learn more and support what's going on
1: here at Bridgeway Church, visit bridgewaychurch.org. As Pastor Chad always says, be at peace.